before, if you remember, we started a new sermon series called The Builders. So it's, as I said, it's a long, eight long week sermon series. And today we are in the seventh sermon on this series. So we have only one more sermon to go. So this morning as we start, God has called each one of us to build and not to destroy. Can you say build? God has called each one of us as builders. Can you say I'm a builder? Can you look at your neighbor and say I'm a builder? Look at your neighbor and say I'm a builder. Okay, right, thank you. So at the beginning of each series, we are going to take what is known as a builder's oath. So shall we all arise as we take the builder's oath? You don't get many opportunities. Now today we do it and next week we do it and that's it. So, so today we are going to take the builder's oath once again. Shall we just get started? I believe that I am called out loud all together. I believe that, let's do it again. I believe that I am called to build, not to destroy. I believe that I'm called to build on the foundation of Christ that is God's word. I'm called to build myself up, not to destroy. I'm called to build my family, not to destroy. I'm called to build my marriage, not to destroy. I'm called to build my church, not to destroy. I'm called to build my nation, not to destroy. I'm also called to encourage one another and to build each other up. I will be faithful to my call to build it. I will take all the efforts to build it, even if it requires me to sacrifice my time, effort, ego, status. I will still look for opportunities to build others. I will rejoice over seeing other lives being built by me. I will join my fellow believers, fellow builders to build the kingdom of God on this earth without any national, lingual, racial, color, and denominational discriminations in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We are doing a sermon series called Builders. So last week we spoke about shipbuilders and we realized how important our marriage relationship is how we need to be careful to protect our marriage. If not, it's going to fall apart. And today, as the seventh sermon on this series, we are going to talk about legacy builders. Can you say with me, legacy builders? What is legacy? Legacy is something that people will talk about, if you can get the next slide. People will talk about and people will get benefited from us even when we are gone from the face of this earth. Legacy is the footprint that we leave when we leave this earth. Legacy is also something that will be valued and that will be treasured by those who survive on the face of this earth. Legacy is also the impact and the influence that we make today in the lives of people and they will continue to embrace that impact and the influence that we make today even after we are gone from the face of this earth. God is calling all of us as legacy builders. You know, today you may be asking me, Pastor, why, why are we caring about Things that when we are gone, how does it matter when we are gone, we are gone anyway? How does it matter? Why it is so important? Why at all we need to talk about legacy builders? Are you really sure that God is calling each one of us to build a legacy? You know, today I'll be quoting, um, uh, uh, I'll be, of course, I'll be quoting scriptures and I'll also quote many individuals who left a great legacy on the face of this earth. Legacy is not just something that we can build in the previous night of our death. How many of you know that? When is the previous night of your death? Anybody? Amen? So it's not something that we can build just before we die. Legacy is built every moment in our lives. And why we need to build legacy, you will come to get to know that in a moment. Legacy is not an option, it is a must. 
God has called each one of us to build legacy as we are living on this earth. Legacy is something that we can leave. It's not, not really the wealth and the inheritance, not the money exactly, but it is something that people will embrace, people will follow, people will remember even when we are gone from the face of this earth. It was George Washington Carver, an, an American agriculture scientist, who said this. This is what he said. He said, can you read with me? No individual has any right to come into this world and go out of it without leaving behind him distinct and legitimate reasons for having passed through it. No individual has any right to come into this world and go out of this world without leaving any distinct and legitimate reasons of passing through this world. We are all called to leave our footprints when we leave from the face of this earth. And that has to be done now. That has to be done in every day. Legacy cannot be really built by people who are trying to leave for themselves. Legacy cannot be really built by people who are selfish. If we are going to live for ourselves and after we are gone, nobody is going to talk about it. Nobody is going to remember about that because, oh, that person was there, he lived, and then I don't know what happened with him. I don't know what he did all along in his life, but then no idea. Now everyone forgets. Legacy is something that somebody, people will remember that the great things that you have done and I have done. Often children remember their parents after their death. If you remember, if you think about it, after their death of the parents, parents will, children will remember their parents not for the luxurious life that they lived, but for the sacrifices they made. Often we remember when you think about your parents who is here, who is not here, maybe. You will remember your parents not for the good life that they had, but for the sacrifices they made to raise you up, to build you up. So legacy cannot be made by somebody who is selfish, who is always self-oriented, self-focused. It is important how we use our lives when we are alive on the face of this earth. It was Benjamin Franklin who said once, this is what he said, can you read with me? I would rather have it said, he lived usefully than he died rich. He lived usefully, she lived usefully than she or he died rich. This is so true. As I said, money cannot build legacy, wealth cannot build legacy, our inheritance cannot build legacy, only how useful we live our lives is going to build our legacy. Can I hear an amen this morning? God wants us to build our legacy. God wants us to build our lives in such a way that when we are gone, we leave something for people. We leave footprints in the hearts of people. We touch lives so that they will ever remember your touch in their lives. Jimmy Carter, the 39th president of the United States, this is what he said once, if you could read it, just read with me. He said, I have one life and one chance to make it count for something. And he said, I am free to choose what that something is. And he said, and that something I have chosen is my faith in Lord Jesus Christ. He was a man of God. He lived as a man of God. And he said, I, am, I have a choice to choose something in my life and I, I have an option to live for that something in my life. And that something that I have chosen is my faith in Lord God. And can you read with me? Continue to read with me. Now my faith goes beyond, read with me, theology and religion and requires considerable work and effort. My faith demands that it is not optional. My faith demands the same faith that you hold and I hold. He says my faith demands. It's not optional. It demands. My faith demands that I do whatever I can. Wherever I am. Wherever, whenever I can. For as long as I can with whatever I have to try to make a difference. That's what my faith requests. 
My faith demands not this just request. My faith demands that with whatever I can, with wherever I am, whenever I can, as long as I am alive, whatever, wherever, whenever I can, I want to use those things to make a difference in lives. Can I hear an amen this morning? Are you with me this morning? I'm not really talking about something that will bless you materially. I'm talking about something that will use you to bless others. Can I hear an amen? Our legacy cannot be really built within these four walls. Our legacy can be built only when we make a difference in others' life. Can I hear an amen? No, I've been, you know, facing challenge in this aspect all along my ministry in this city. We come to this nation with a wrong understanding of receiving blessings because somebody spoke over you and prophesied over you saying that you will go to that nation in that particular time and God will bless you, God will lift you up and all those things, they are all good. But I say God has brought you to this nation not to live a comfortable life. You know, God has already disturbed the nest the moment you left your nation. Somebody thinking now, oh my God, why did I come to this nation? God had already disturbed your nest the moment you left your nation. And he has disturbed you such a way that he will bring you here and he will teach you. You know, there are many things that you have done, you learned in your life need to be undone here in this nation. That's why all these struggles. If God had brought you here to this nation and given you the responsibility of leading an organization or, you know, working in an organization and a house and a car and a bungalow, everything God has given, today probably you are not going to sit here. The reason why you are here, the reason why you follow people, follow God, even when we come to this nation is God is bringing you in such a way that he wants his work to be done through you. Amen? Are you with me? Or you don't like this sermon? Are you okay? God has brought you for a purpose. The luxury and the comfort and all those things will follow. They are all just a byproduct, but that's not the objective of you being here in this nation. Now we also always say that you know there are times that are gone then when missionaries used to go from this nation to the, the, the Asian nations and African nations, but it is time that God is bringing missionaries from those nations to this nation. Because this country, these nations, they need God. And you and I have a great responsibility. So legacy cannot be built inside the wall. Legacy can be built only when we try to make a difference. What difference we are trying to make in our lives? There is nothing much I can change. Do you think that my preaching is going to change you? No, right? Yes. What change I can bring? But if you go out and tell somebody about the good news, that can bring a great deal of change in his life. Because there is so much of changes required in him or her. We already know God. We already follow God. So the, where we can easily make a difference is outside. So now in order to build legacy, we must do a couple of things. We must do five things. Can I see your fingers? Just say number five. Five, five, five. Everybody. So we need to do five things here. Number one, we must be grateful. Number two, we must put our others first. Number three, we must not allow stuff to own us. Number four, we must remember success is sowing, not reaping. Number five, we must be kingdom oriented, kingdom minded. Five different things we are going to talk about. Number one, we must be grateful. People who are not grateful for everything, they have a selfish life. People who are not able to appreciate everything that is happening in their lives, they are so selfish. They always think about themselves. They always look for what others can do for them. Have you come across people, some of your friends maybe, they always come to you thinking that they can get some help. Probably they need this message. Whenever others don't fulfill their expectation, they get disappointed. They get discouraged. They say that, no, 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 I don't think it's good. I don't think he's helping me. I don't think she wants to help this morning we are talking about how do we build legacy we must be grateful for what we have in our lives 
We cannot always look for people to help us. There are times that we need help from others, but it is time now. Now we should start helping others. On the other hand, people who are so grateful, who are thankful for everything that they have, they are not selfish, they are the givers. Can you say givers? They are not selfish people, they give. They give, they are the givers. They don't want, they don't really wait for others to come and help them, but instead they go out and help. You know, one of the reasons why people are hesitating to come, come to churches like this, after the Sunday service, we don't really go and talk to them. People find it difficult to come and sit and go. We find it, we find it very comfortable to talk to our own friends. We always in the, we are in the receiving mode. We are not in the giving mode. If you can break a change, make, make a change, when a new person is walking into this church, probably your eyes will look for them. Before we leave, by the time I get out there and go there, they would have gone. But then you are sitting there. You can just go and grab them and talk to them. They feel at home. Think about when we walk into the church and nobody turns to us, nobody talks to us, and they just, we may go for one day, two days, and then we say, what's the point in going there? We are trying to be receiver always, but God wants us to give. You know, we always admire one of my uncles who lives in Maryland, my dad's younger brother. He has such a great hospitality and generosity. And he sacrificially helped others, even at this age. If there is someone who is in need of help, he will just jump into it. In spite of his wife, my aunt telling him, please don't drive in the night. If somebody wants to drop at two o'clock, he will get up. Two o'clock he'll drive. Go to Baltimore or somewhere else and then drop one hour, one and a half hours drive and then drop them and then come back at three o'clock. But the way he uses his availability, his ability and his skills and the wealth for the benefit of others, it's amazing. Hundreds of families came to this nation and stayed in his house and then he helped them to settle down. And today they all talk about him, they all talk about him. This December when we went there, we had to, we had an opportunity to spend two nights with him. And he was telling us, especially he was telling my son, that because he wants to know, he, need to, he needs to know this, he was telling that how God brought him to this nation. He did his diploma initially, and then got onto IIT, and then he came to the United States in the mid-90s and got settled as a scientist in the Center for Cancer Research in USA. The mid-90s. And from then, he has been helping, helping all along. And he was so grateful to God this time when we met. This is what he was all along he was telling us. He was so grateful to God. And he told that God brought him from that nation. God brought him from that because his dad, my dad's dad, he was a carpenter. I mean, that's how they were living. We had paddies and we had, you know, all, all the other things come, need to come from the natural resource, right? We had. So he was saying that and I just got from that family and God brought me to this nation. And today he established me, he made me to help many, as many people as possible. It's all the blessings of God. Someone who is grateful for what God has given to him or given to her, he or she can make legacy. And what an amazing thing was, he took us into his prayer room and he showed his prayer wall. And I don't have the picture of it. I think we forgot to take the picture of that. He put all the scriptures there in that wall and he said, every day I read the scriptures and pray. And he said, and when he asked me to ask us to read those scriptures and those scriptures, they, they were saying, asking God, for God to give grace for him to come build up. Come build up. And that was the prayer that was in the wall. Those are the scriptures. God wants us to be grateful for the little things that he has given to us. We must be grateful for having good education, for having good family. Children, you need to be grateful for the struggles that your parents have gone through to bring you to this nation. I usually tell my son, we, are not, we don't have much of a great of inheritance but we brought you to this nation. You don't need to go through all the struggles that we went through in our lives. 
That's the best thing that we can offer to our children. And children, you need to be grateful for the struggles that your parents are going through. At times, at times when parents age, they are considered as nuisance. And God wants you to be grateful. We must be grateful for all the family members who really helped us, supported us for our studies. You know, they came forward to help us at times of difficulty. Let's read the scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul is writing in a beautiful way. 1 Thessalonians, can you read it with me? 5, 15 to 18. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. All. And verse 16, he says, can you read it with me? Rejoice. Always, can you do that this morning? Can you do that this morning? God has been grateful to you. If you don't rejoice for what you have, Probably you may not have another time where we can rejoice. I always say now is the best time. Don't wait for another better time to come. Now is the best time when God has given life on the face of this year. Verse 17, can you read with me? Pray without ceasing in everything what you should do. In everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God. God wants you to make, wants, wants to make you as a legacy builder. And for that, God wants you to be grateful. And what is the will of God concerning you? He wants you to thank, give thanks. Not to God. Not to God alone. The scripture is often used to, in a misinterpreted as if we don't need to give thanks to God and come in the presence of God and give 100 thanks. No, 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 no. He's asking you to give thanks for everything who is due, where thanks is due. Where thanks is due. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Someone said, I couldn't find out who said this, but this is what that person said. Can you put that in the screen? Can you read it with me? There is no success without sacrifice. If we succeed without sacrifice, then it is because someone who went before us made the sacrifice. The same way if you sacrifice and don't see the success, then someone who will follow you will reap the success from your sacrifice. God wants you to build legacy. Do not worry about who's going to get the benefit of it. There is no beneficiary name attached to what the, the sacrifice that you, are, uh, you and I make on the face of this yet. There is no beneficiary name. We don't really need to worry about who's going to get the reward. We need to do what God wants us to do. Legacy builders are grateful for what they have. Number two, we must put others first. Can you say that with me? We must put others first. You know, these are real teachings that I want to take in and I want to apply that in my life. In order to build legacy, we, might put, we must put others. I want you to paint this picture, if you can put the next slide. I want you to paint this picture in your, in, in your mind so that you will always remember. Legacy builders. They always carry a ladder. And they carry that ladder, not to just put the ladder and climb over it and escape, not for that. But legacy builders, they carry a ladder so that they can hold the ladder so that someone can climb over the ladder and pass through their hurdles. God wants you and me to be a legacy builder, carrying a ladder in our shoulder to others, for others to climb over and cross over the hurdle. We are most of the time we are worried about how do I protect myself? How do I take care of my family? How do I feed my children? It's all my, my, my this morning. God is telling you it's no more going to work. People out there, they don't even care about their life and they are willing to sacrifice their life for others. What are we doing inside the four walls? If we are not willing to get into that, can you put the next slide? Even today, it is spoken about Captain Edward James Smith of the Titanic. Having done all that man could do to save that many people and the crew members, he remained at his post in that sinking ship. People first. Even though it's not a legal requirement that a captain should not escape from a sinking ship, not in all the countries. There are few nations they demand that. But Captain Smith was sitting there in his seat, 
in the singing Titanic. Several witnesses claim that he has, they have seen him in the water, those who escaped, those who survived the Titanic. They saw him in the water. One account says Smith jumped out of the water and along with him an infant was clinging on his hand. And Smith took that infant and he swam through a lifeboat and handed over the child. And he swam back to Titanic saying that I will follow the ship. Legacy builders put others first. It's hard. I can't do it. I'm struggling to do it. I know you are all struggling to do it. But that's what God wants you and me to do. Legacy builders put others first. I'm not saying that you give your life to for others to just walk over you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when someone comes to simple things, I have seen with my own eyes, when someone comes and tries to sit next to you, sometimes we don't even just give, try to give a room, just adjusting ourselves a bit. We don't even try to take the handbag and the jacket and put it out there so that someone else can sit next to us. When we are in a queue, in a store, standing in a queue, we have a cart full of stuff to be built. Do you turn back? I do it. Do you turn back to see how many of them are in the queue still? I mean, nowadays, nowadays, nowadays we have self-checkout, it's okay, but then earlier days we all stand in the new long queue. It touches from one Walmart's one end to the other end. Long queue. I always turn back and see how many of them are standing with one item, two items in their hands. I said, go, just go. Because I have a card full of stuff to do. I take time. Where you should stand, just go. Learn to put others first. We need to teach this to our children. They do not know. Even when they are little babies, when they snatch things from other hands and you enjoy. How many parents I have seen doing this? When they snatch things from others, they enjoy. Parents enjoy. It's foolishness. What are we teaching to our children? Teach them to share. Teach them to share. As children, you know, if they are not taught to respect elders, if today, if they don't take care, if they don't care and respect them, if they don't understand the struggle that seniors are going through, if we don't show them, they are not going to put others first. We need to, we usually take them, our children to amusement park and we take them to theme park and we take them to other places, downtown shows and comics and all those things and make them enjoy. Have you ever taken your children to a senior home and showed them this is life? Have you ever taken your children to a prison and showed this is life? Have you taken, ever taken your child to a hospital and to the dying people and to orphanage and to the blind school and show them this is what is the real life is all about. If we don't teach them, tomorrow they won't care about others. How do we do it? Legacy builders, they give priority preference to others. Shall we read Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4? Can you read with me quickly? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself or herself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. God is asking, he's speaking to us this morning, saying that do not look at your own interest, look at others' interest too. Today, men who, men and women who want to consider to leave a legacy on the face of this earth, they put others first. Others first. Again, it is George Washington Carver. This is what he said. Can you read with me? This is what he said. How far you go in life depends on your being tender with the end, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with the striving and tolerant of the weak and strong because someday in your life you will have been all of these. Number three. Just before we go to number three, I just want to make another point here. Many times I think about it, you think about it. When we put others first, what is going to happen to me? People are taking advantage over me. 
When you try to help more, you help, and you'll see people taking advantage over you. You come across always in our lives. How do we handle it? You know what? Simple answer is legacy builders. They don't really worry about it. They will continue. They will keep going. They will keep on doing. They will keep on doing. We are on a mission to leave a legacy on the face of this year. This morning, I believe God is speaking to you. Number three, we must not allow stuff to own us. This is very interesting. Legacy builders cannot be owned by stuff. Can you say stuff? So all the stuff that we are going through every day, we are talking about that. Legacy builders <clears throat> take the stuff they own and make it as useful for somebody who is not having it. They will use this stuff that they have to make this world a better place. Regardless of how much stuff they own, large or little, they use that to make this world a better place. I want to take your attention to Luke, one of the parables that Jesus spoke. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21. He spoke a parable saying, A ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And that man thought within himself, I'm getting more crops now. I don't have room. <clears throat> I will do one thing. I will pull down my bonds. I will make it bigger. I will big, build bigger bonds. And I can store all my stuff. And I can tell my soul. My soul, my soul, you see all the good things that are stored up. And what do we do? Eat, drink, and make merry. But God said to him, can you put the last verse, verse 20? God said to him, what God told him? What did he say? What did God say? Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be, those stuff be, which you have provided? You know, this morning, what is important is it's not just how much we hold. I want you to think about people of Turkey and Syria, how much they were holding. The wealth. It's all gone. It's all gone. This morning, God is telling us, do not allow stuff to own us. Use them to make the place better. The industrial millionaire, Andrew Carnegie, Believe somewhere in the 80s, in 1888, he's writing this. This is what he says. Can you read with me? Life of a wealthy person should have two periods, two seasons. A time of acquiring wealth and a time of redistributing wealth. A time of acquiring wealth and a time of redistributing wealth. This morning, God is talking about legacy builders. They don't really focus on acquiring wealth. It has to be done. That doesn't mean that we can be lazy. No, 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 no. We need to work hard. We need to do all those things to acquire wealth. But once the acquiring wealth is happening, we also start redistributing them for the common good. That's what God expects us to do. Number four, we must remember <coughs> success is sowing, not reaping. Can you say that with me? We must remember, success is sowing, not reaping. Legacy builders, they won't get discouraged often. They won't get discouraged easily. You know, today we try to do something and we get discouraged. We all want good things to happen. We all want to do good to others. You know, that's obviously, that is our intention. But when we do good things to others, we look at the return that we get. But when we don't get the right return, we get discouraged. But God is telling us this morning, you are a legacy builder. You must remember success is sowing, not really reaping. What is sowing? Giving. What is reaping? Getting. So success is not really getting, but success is sowing. <coughs> you know, whenever we both are discouraged in ministry, do you think that we get discouraged in ministry? Do you think? No? Yes? Okay, thank you. So whenever we both get discouraged in the ministry, we say that, I say that, you know, I don't see anything. It's, I, I may be the one who says that. 
I don't see, we don't see anything in the ministry. What's the point in being here in Halifax and spending our lives, wasting our lives here? Come on, let's go. Let's move out of this place. Then after some time, in the same thing sometimes she says, and then, you know, we both come to an understanding, and we look at it the right way, and then we say that it's none of our business to worry. Our business is to sow. The reaping is done by God. We don't need to see the results. We need to worry about how do we sow. We don't need to really worry about whether people are here or there are coming to church or not coming to church. It's none of our business to worry about the result. It is God's business to bring the right results. But our business is to continue. Is to continue. I think the same thing is applicable to you. Your business is to continue. Legacy builders never stop sowing. What are we sowing today? What are we sowing today? I may ask some specific questions and you can answer within yourself. You are called to sow in the life of your children, your child and your children. Those who are blessed with children, you need to sow in the life of your child or your children. You are called to sow in the life of your students if you are working in a school setting. You are called to sow among the residents and your patients. If you are working in a senior home, wherever you are working, you are called to sow. Sow among the people that God has given in your life. You know, at times they may not give you good feeling. Especially those who are working in nursing homes, they know this. You don't get, they don't even recognize you also for what we do. But God is telling you this morning, ask for a heart to continue to sow, to continue to sow, to continue to sow. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6, can you read with me? In the morning, can you read out loud? Out loud, in the morning sow your seed, and the evening do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Word of God is asking us to sow every time, help every time, and be available for people every time. Many of you may have a question. You may be saying that, Pastor, I prayed and prayed, I gave, I gave tithes regularly, I prayed, I followed God very closely, I brought up my children uh, in, a, uh, in the ways of God, I did ministry, I have been walking with you, Lord. You know, I, 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 I hear people saying that I don't sin like that other person. That may be true. I'm trying to keep away from sin. I'm trying to live a godly life. Then why don't I see my return? Why don't I see the benefit of my effort? Why don't I see the benefit of my cry? Why my life is like this? Why my children are like this? I did everything that I could do. And I can tell you only one thing. God is asking you to be patient. After sowing the seed, a farmer has to wait. Depends on what seed he has sown, which season he has sown that. He has to wait after sowing. We can't see the result immediately. We at times become impatient and we want to see that immediately. Everything has to happen to me immediately because it has happened to somebody else. I want that to happen. You know, God is asking you to wait patiently. Find out what God is trying to do in your life in the meantime. Find out what God wants you to do. He may be taking your attention from your life, from your children, from your family, and throwing your attention to somebody else. And do not fail to grab that. Do not fail to capture that. If you can put the next slide. After sowing, can you read with me? There is a period of time when it looks like nothing is happening on the surface. But all the growth is happening below the surface. If the growth is not happening below the surface, you can't wait for something to come up. It, it takes time for things to happen below the surface. And this morning, God is telling you, legacy builders, you will never stop sowing. You will continue to sow. There are blessings that we have experienced in our lives. For that, we didn't pay anything. The infrastructure that we experience today the road that good road that we go through today we haven't paid anything for those things those, those parks and those resorts we haven't done anything because somebody did the sowing part of it and God is asking us to sow too God is asking us to sow 
you may reap you may not reap your next generation may get benefited they may not get benefited your own child may get benefited may not get benefited somebody else may reap the harvest but it is none of your job none of your business to stop sowing god is asking us to sow the seed let's continue finally we must be kingdom minded to leave a legacy can you say kingdom minded we said legacy builders must be grateful we said legacy builders must put others in front always legacy builders must not allow stuff to own them and legacy builders need to continue to sow because success is sowing not really reaping finally more than everything else we said legacy builders must be kingdom minded we are building legacy not for fame God is asking you to invest. God is asking you to sow, not for your fame. Remember, everything that you as a child of God does is for His glory. For the glory of His kingdom. You are building legacy for the kingdom's fame. You are building legacy for the glory of the king. Glory of the king. That the king may be glorified when we are gone. People will say, Oh, that man, he had a good life. He lived a good life, a useful life. Thanks be to God. God takes the glory. Whatever you do, we are not trying to achieve everything and we are not trying to get the fame out of it. But we want to do it. We do it for the glory of God. That's the kingdom mindset. This morning, I want to talk about a little bit and go leave from the earth. Our legacy is not going to stop in this year. Do you know that? Our legacy is going to continue into eternity that's a difference people who did great things on the face of this earth their legacy talk stops here on the face of this earth only people who are alive they can talk about it but your legacy and my legacy it's not going to stop on the face of this earth it is going to continue to eternity that means people in the eternal are going to talk about your legacy and my legacy these beautiful words were written by George Bernard Shaw who won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1925. I really do not know whether he knew God at that time. But he understood. And this is what he has written. If you can read with me, I'll help you reading. Can you read with me? This is the true story of joy. So this is the true joy in life. Can you read with me? Being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as mighty one. Being a force of nature instead of a feverish, self selfish little cold of ailments and grievances and complaints that the world will not devote itself to make you happy. The, our complaints. The world is not paying attention to make me happy. That's what we do, he says. And he says, I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole community and as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for it what I can. Probably a man who never knew God, he's talking about it. And he says, I want to be, can you read it with me? I want to be thoroughly used up when I die. For the harder I work, the more I live. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Life is no brief candle to me. It is a sort of splendid torch which I have got hold of for the moment and I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it to the next generation. A man who probably had no idea of having faith in God, or probably he had, I don't know. And he says, I want my life to be used up for the good. And what is the good this morning we are talking about? We are talking about the goodness of God. Can you say goodness of God? We are talking about the eternal legacy that you and I can leave on the face of this earth. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, verse 19, sorry, verse 9, can you read with me? And I say to you, this is what Jesus said, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, unrighteous wealth, that when you fail, when you're all done with this on the face of this earth, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Jesus was telling, can you use your wealth 
to do something good for others? Can you use your wealth to make friends with others who do not have God? When you do it, when it's all done, your life is done, your wealth is done, everything is destroyed. When you go home, they will be standing there to receive you into the eternal heaven. What a joy that would be. You saw somebody on the way. You shared your love to them. Not just gospel. Forget the gospel first. Share that. Tell them that as a human being, I care for you. That's a gospel. Better gospel. I care for you. I love you. What can I do for you? You met somebody and you made friendship with them. Slowly you introduced Christ to their life and they came to the faith. Not just one. Not just two. Many people, I know you do, some of you do that in the workplace, some of you share the gospel, some of you share the love of Christ, it's amazing. I want to encourage you this morning to do that, do, for doing it. And when you share that, when it's all done, we don't know, when it's all done, it will be done, everything will be done someday. And when you go, go to heaven, surprisingly, they are there already, they are standing you to receive into the eternal heaven. Jesus said this, everything we want must be used for furthering the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen this morning? When our earthly wealth, including this life, is gone, we need to have enough savings in the account in heaven. How much is your bank balance in the account that you have in heaven? You know, that's why we say we must give that's why we say we must tithe. That's why we say giving is important because I want to make sure, make sure it's my responsibilities as Tani stand here to make sure that you have enough investment in the kingdom of heaven. If we don't give enough, if we hold the money, when everything is done, it's going to be done soon, pretty soon than we ever imagined. When we go there, you don't have any bank balance over there. Today, what you possess, it belongs to the kingdom of God. You know, that's the reason we urge you. You know, when we talk about tithe, when pastors talk about tithe, it's not that they're going to take it away. Especially in this nation, every penny has to be recorded. And I'm given salary in this church. I'm paid. So I'm not asking you tithe for me. I'm asking you tithe so that you can make enough investment in the kingdom of God. Tithing is important because when you go there to the kingdom of God without making enough investment in the kingdom of God, you don't have any balance at all there. God is going to question you. Before God questions you, let me question you. Every year, when they say that pastor, you need to increase your salary, I said, no, 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 forget it. Deny, I deny it. Try to deny it. Two percentage, five percentage, it's okay. But otherwise, no, 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 no. We, we need more money. We need more money to invest in the kingdom of God. We need more money. It's not enough. We get a big amount every day, every year, every month as a salary. Tithe is the minimum that we need to put in the kingdom of God. Tithe is not just a ceiling. Tithe is the floor. Tithing is the floor on which you can stand today. I want you to make a decision to invest in the kingdom of God. This is the direct question to you. Answer me. And then we can talk about whether tithing is by biblical or not. How much do you give to God today? From the income that comes in your family, how much do you give to God? If you don't give one-tenth of your salary to God as a tithing, as a regular discipline in your life, we are not investing anything in the kingdom of God. As I said, tithing is the floor, it's not a ceiling. I remember my mom. When my dad comes from work, I, I remember that time it was 2,000 or 2,500 rupees was the salary. When she brings that bundle, she, he usually gets new, uh, new, uh, new dollars. So when he brings that home, and I remember my mom takes it and then she puts her hands over that and she prays and she walks straight into the bureau where she opens the cupboard and opens the dryer and counts. Takes one tenth. I know that they don't have enough for living. At the end of the day, the end of, end of the month, they were borrowing. They were borrowing. But my mom made it a point that she counts that one tenth, whatever it is, 
put that aside and there was no teaching at the time given to the church where you are fed there was no teaching such teachings but she comes you know we were living in the estates in Kerala there are ministers of God they climb over the hills and then come to pray and we know that they need money give it to them give it to the poor give it to them God is asking you to bring your tithes to the storehouse where you get fed where you are taking spiritual nourishment not for us but for the investment in the kingdom of God and today if I don't say that to you I don't share that with you I take the guilt on me of not saying that to you we are talking about legacy builders not just leaving a legacy on the face of this earth legacy continues into eternity we must store eternal treasures keep track of the bank balance that you have in the eternal heaven that will make you to keep going to keep investing in the kingdom of God this morning we need to close now give today to build your eternity give today to build your eternity legacy builders are kingdom minded they think about how can we build the kingdom of God how can we expand the kingdom of God shall we all arise this morning <laughs> as I just take you through the summary if you can read with me finally before we leave from this place just read with me legacy builders just understand legacy builders must be grateful for this life they don't have they don't complain they don't cry over what they don't have but be thankful for what is given always remember just be thankful for having and not having number two legacy builders must put others first Christ followers are legacy builders and they must have a heart not to expect a reward from people but instead continue to care for others and their interests number three legacy builders won't acquire wealth they redistribute the acquired wealth for a higher purpose number four legacy builders never stop sowing they don't focus on reaping they leave the reaping for their successors number five legacy builders must be kingdom-minded as our legacy continues to eternity so we must invest in our eternity shall we close our eyes